audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The Apostle Paul was not always held in high esteem during the years of his ministry. Today, of course, we admire this man who had such incredible grace upon his life. But during his lifetime, he was sometimes maligned and criticized even by Christians. Take the church at Corinth, for instance. They made unfavorable comparisons between him and other church leaders like Peter and Apollos. How did Paul respond to such criticism? Well, first, he looked at who it was that was criticizing him. Was he obligated to give account to these critics and their questions? Were they worthy of an explanation for the way he taught and ministered? Secondly, he exercised self-evaluation. God gave him a conscience and he used it. But finally, he said that God was ultimately his judge. God knew far more about Paul than his critics could ever know. God looked right into the depths of his heart and could see his motives. His critics could never do this. Friend, who defines you, your critic or Christ? Don't let your critic control you. This is Set Free with Ken Legg. Well, hello and welcome to Set Free with Ken Legg. I'm Phil Edwards and this week we're looking at a subject that some of us aren't necessarily that good at coping with criticism. Welcome, Ken. It's uh, something I guess we can all relate to, isn't it? We expect criticism from the world, but when we receive it from other Christians, it really hurts more, doesn't it? I agree. You tend Uh, to think the church is a place where you could uh, maybe be sheltered from criticism, wouldn't you? That's right. I mean, the strange thing is that some Christians actually think it's a godly thing to criticize. They feel somehow that by criticizing others, they're guarding or protecting the church. Mm. But it's not a godly thing. It's a sinful thing. In fact, Paul said to the Thessalonians, We urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more, that you aspire to lead a quiet life and to mind your own business. (laughs) Ever wonder where that phrase came from? Right out of the Bible. Mind your own business. So it's a sin. Not only is it a sin, it's actually the original sin. Do you remember God said that uh, there was one tree that Adam and Eve could not partake of, and that was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Now, we would think that there's... You know, benefit to be gained by the knowledge of good and evil. So why did God say to Adam, don't t- touch that tree? Well, let's ask the question, how does God know good and evil? Well, of course, God knows good and evil by relating everything to himself. That which is consistent with him is good, and that which is inconsistent with him is evil. And so God wanted us to know good and evil by coming to him, not by having an independent judgment of ourselves. Somebody said that faults are like headlights of a car. I don't know whether you've ever thought about that, but you know, I'm sure you've had the experience of driving along and everyone's flashing their headlights at you. And you, you say, "Why? what's wrong with everyone? Why do they keep flashing their headlights at me? And then, of course, it dawns on you it's because you've got your headlights on. <laughs> now, of course, those of others, that is the headlights of others, seem more glaring than their own. And it's like that with thoughts. We notice other people's thoughts more than we tend to notice our own. That's why probably Jesus said, why is it that you, you're so concerned about the speck in, in your brother's eye, but there's a dirty great big plank in your own eye? Now, it's so true, isn't it? We just see yeah. those faults in other people and we are blind to our own. But then when we become aware of them, how do, we, we, we measure ourselves by a different measuring stick often, don't we? Yeah. And look, I mean, if you had a speck in your eye, I'd have to be really looking intently at you mm. to, to, 
to notice that. You yeah. know, I you know I'd have to uh, not see everything else about you. You know that beautiful shirt you're wearing and that lovely oh. smile that you have and so on. But I've just noticed and focused in and upon this speck in your eye. In other words, I'm looking for things to pick on. Mm. Now. That's a very important thing, I think, in this whole thing of um, criticism and so on. Why do people criticize? Is it to build us up? Is it because they want us to grow as people? Or do they really just want to pull us down? I heard a great story the other day, actually, about two crabs. Yep. Uh, if you put a crab in a bucket, it will climb out. Um, just one crab in a bucket. It will climb out, absolutely. But if you put two crabs in a bucket, neither of them will get out because – when one starts to come out, the other one grabs it and pulls it down. And right? it starts to get out, the other one grabs it and pulls it down. But if they only realise that if we work together here, we could both get out. But they just keep pulling each other down all the well, time. How often How often are we like that all the time? It just maybe comes naturally to us like it does to those crabs. Yeah. You talked about Paul back in there a minute ago. Um, he was criticised by the very people that he led to Christ and the ones that he, he ministered to. Uh, like it does with us, that must have hurt him. Yeah, I'm sure it did. You know, it seems that everyone that God has used has had to learn how to deal with criticism. Uh, and thankfully, you know, we have Paul's example today, and not only his example, but, you know, that of others in the Bible. So we can learn how they handled criticism. Now, let's look at Paul for a moment. The first thing he said is, with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you. In other words, he said, it's like the bottom rung of the ladder. When I evaluate myself, I take your criticism very, very lightly. Now, Paul said that he was not going to give an account of himself to his critics because he was not obligated to. Mm. You know, we're not obligated to give an account to everyone that wants to have a go at us and pick on us. And in fact, when we answer our critic, we actually uh, give credence and power to them. And so we need to be clear about who we uh, allow to define us, if you like. Don't just allow anyone to speak into your life. You know, I remember um, we were pastoring a church uh, once, and uh, uh, this family came to church, and uh, the man, you know, first time in church, he stood up and he gave a prophecy, and uh, it was like a wet blanket. You know, those prophecies that are just uh, prophecies, <laughs> just doom and gloom and yep. judgment, and he just killed the meeting. You know, I thought, wow, who is this guy, and where did that come from? You know. Well, the next week, blow me down, he comes back again and does the same thing. And so I took the microphone. I said, whoa, just just hold that prophecy right there, if you don't mind. I said, we'd like to get to know you before you speak into the life of this church. Now, somebody came up to me afterwards and they said, Ken, that was a bit harsh, wasn't it? I said to them, well, let me ask you a question. Would you allow a total stranger to come into your house and start speaking into the life of your children? I said, because if you would then you're not much of a parent. I said, now, we're, you know, we're leaders of the church. We're, we're here to protect the sheep, and we don't know this person. We like to build a relationship with him, mm. and then we can mutually edify one another. I think that's how it's meant to be in the body of Christ. You've got to have a thick skin sometimes because there are plenty of strangers out there who are wanting to say their piece about us and, and to speak into our lives. I've learned that myself having been in the media for many years. There's lots yeah. of people who, will say, who have an opinion about you that they don't like this or they don't like that. But at the end of the day, you've got to be sure who you are accountable to. And really, that's what Paul was saying there, wasn't it? That he's, yeah. he's accountable to God. Yes. He knows that yeah. to a certain degree. Who cares what you say? Yeah. Um, I am I'm answerable to God. I guess what we're saying here is that just because we're criticized, it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with us, does it? You know, the real issue here is that we don't allow it to get to us and to affect our thinking. Yeah, that's right. I, I think also, Phil, that you know, it's fair to say that sometimes 
criticism says more about the critic mm. than it does <laughs> about you. Yes. You know? So, you know, we, we ask ourselves, well, why is that person saying that? You know, what is it that's prompted that person to say that about me? Now, Paul did that. In fact, you know, we're looking at uh, 1 Corinthians 4 where he said these things. But in the, in the chapter before that, he said um, to these Corinthians, he says, you guys are carnal. You know, you're, you're talking about I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Peter. You're putting one down and putting another up and, you know, you're criticizing this one and building this one up and making an idol of them and so on. He said, but in doing that, you're actually carnal. So, so why would you allow the criticism of a carnal person to shape your own thinking about yourself? You know, you wouldn't do that because mm. it's, not, um, it's not a good thermometer, if you like, for measuring where we're at. And sometimes, you know, uh, people criticize because of unresolved issues in their, in own, their own life. life you know, yeah. we, we, we have that saying, hurt people, hurt people, but healed people, heal people. And, um, you know, sometimes the only way that some people know how to feel good about themselves is by bringing others down to their level, mm-hmm. you know, so they can feel good about themselves. So I think it's important that we do set boundaries around our lives uh, when it comes to this thing of criticism. It's not that we're beyond criticism, but we just need to be selective about who we allow to speak into our lives. A very practical study this week on coping with criticism, and we'll have more for you tomorrow. Until then, remember you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book What's Eating You, which features topics from today's message, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.